Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heartland Franchise Guy podcast. It's your insider's guide to all things franchising in the Heartland area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for education, resources, and advocacy for all things franchising in our area and for local entrepreneurs looking to learn more about franchising. And we're going to talk about the Master Franchise Licensing Model. You've heard it referred to as area franchising or area representatives or regional franchising. They're all different terms for a similar thing, and that is the master franchising model. And I'm looking here to our guest, Mr. Joe English, who is a master franchise himself, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about what the master franchise model is all about. What does he do as a master franchisee? Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks. You bet. So I just want to get this out there. When I become a famous Hollywood actor, I'm stealing your name and my pseudonym is going to be Joe English. Okay. Love that name. My parents liked it too. (laughs) Well, at least your father, I hope. Right. So Joe, thanks a lot for joining us. You have had uh, quite the interesting career in the franchising world. Tell me a little bit about how you got into this industry in the first place. Sure. So I was uh, 26 years in grocery retail, kind of grew up in that, um, 13 years with two different companies, uh, their national brands, uh, started on the West Coast, moved to the Midwest, um, and then that's what led me to Omaha. Always kind of wanted to do something on my own, um, had a passion for craft beer and wine. So. Oh. We do have something in common. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, I think that uh, kind of fear and common sense prevented me from opening up a bar or something of that nature. And, uh, but I wanted to be in that, in that space. And somebody had told me over the time, it's like, well, why don't you check into franchising? And, mm-hmm. and so I, being selfish, I wanted to be still in the space that I wanted to be in. And that's where I stumbled on to Sculpture Hospitality of where I'm at right now. How, how did you find them? Just through connections yeah. because you were already in an industry that, that works with beer, wine, and other inventory? No, honestly, it was, it was really just kind of taking the deep dive into searching about franchises. And I, the name had some recognition at the time that I got into it was when Sculpture was uh, at the time known as Beventel and they were heavy into bar rescue. And so, you know, again, having a passion for that kind of space, uh, had the brand recognition and kind of one thing led to another and all the doors opened up wide and here I am. Fantastic. So I'm very interested in this as I'm sure are many people, because this is Absolutely an example of a business model in franchising that people never think of as something that would be franchised. So the franchise name is Sculpture Hospitality, right? And the hospitality part is because that's where your customers are in the hospitality field. Correct. Tell me, what is it that you do as a Sculpture Hospitality franchisee? So Sculpture Hospitality, we work with area bars and restaurants um, and we work with them on inventory management and control. Okay. Um, I kind of akin it to what we do is, is it's kind of like the, uh, instrument panel in your car mm-hmm. where you don't necessarily need to know how much gas you have to go down the street and get a gallon of milk 
or, you know, if you're driving on a road trip across country, you don't need to know what those lights and gauges and stuff like that mean, or even if they come on. Right. However, there's times where those things are pretty darn important. Actually, they're always important, but it's whether or not you want to pay attention to them. We do inventory for uh, our clients and by using digital scales and scanners and then our software, um, we've been doing this since 1987. So it's not a new brand that's out there. And we're able to deliver that instrument panel for the client. So now we're able to take a deep dive into their cost analysis, what their their trends are, what, how to help them write a better order. Um, you know, essentially, especially when you look at things like what we just are still kind of going through with COVID and now it's a supply chain and staffing issue. Yeah. Um, those sorts of things are really important in terms of the profitability of the client. And, uh, you know, one of the things in my own local market that I'm pretty proud of is a lot of the customers that came back with me strong are actually ones that are opening up new locations as well. So I'd like to think that I had a, you know, part of that as well as in terms of making sure that their pocketbooks were padded enough that uh, they could weather the storm and keep on going. They had the information they needed to run a tight ship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so as a practical example, you were talking about, you know, bar rescue and the connection there and, and your background. So, uh, a customer of yours might be a bar owner who's trying to make sure that they're not losing their behind on overpours and things like that. Yeah, it it's that's part of it for sure. And it's really also just the overall efficiency of the operation. So um, maybe it's an absentee owner. Maybe it's, you know, it's somebody that uh, right now we're all facing the, the staffing challenges. So, you know, they don't have the time to focus on that side of the business. Like I tell people, I tell my clients and prospects, you didn't get into the business to go do inventory. I got into the business to go do inventory. So, you know, you kind of leave that stuff to the experts and let us, you know, do the heavy lifting for them and kind of partner with them. I think that that's kind of the cool thing about it is to, to really jump into the consultative side, mm-hmm. um, to really to, to focus on how they can do their business better and how we can help them do that. That's really cool. I mean, like if they, if they save money and they run more efficiently and profitably, you make money. Definitely, definitely. Nice. So your role as the master franchisee. Okay. This is the drum roll part of the right. podcast, right? I can so tell. I get questions about this all the time. And or when I'm talking to people about master franchising, they kind of look at me like, what's that? Right. Sometimes even people who are in the industry already. Can you kind of describe for me what your role, what makes you different as a master franchisee? And you, you are, I'm looking at my notes here now. You're a master franchisee and director in Omaha, Lincoln, Iowa, Kansas, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Texas. Right. Yeah, Close more enough. or less. So, <laughs> so I, so I have my own franchise here locally. Okay. Um, and then I do have the, the master franchise rights to some of the states that you mentioned. So Kansas, Iowa, Texas, Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And what are you doing in your master franchise role? What does that involve? What does that look like? Yeah, so it's it's very similar, obviously, to, to the franchise level to where... Um, y- 
an investment is made initially and, but then there's responsibilities that go along with that investment. So in this particular case, within those areas, I'm responsible for, uh, selling and, uh, developing and mentoring new franchisees, uh, helping the ones that are existing there as well, uh, succeed. And, and, and really it's, it's a kind of a partnership with our corporate office. So, uh, you know, in, in this role, we actually, uh, in terms of, uh, royalties, we actually split royalties. Okay. So with that being said, there's a responsibility on my half to be a liaison for our, our global office and to ensure that, you know, the brand is represented and, and those sorts of things as well. Gotcha. So you're working together to support the local franchise owner. Correct. And in many cases in these states where you're the representative, where you're the master franchisee, you're identifying and bringing that new, I'll say, unit level franchisee into the system? Correct. Okay. So part of what you're doing is also going out there and finding candidates who are good franchisees. Exactly. Who will make good franchisees. Exactly. Then what does the global home office do for you? So, you know, Global is really about, you know, we, we do have a strong um, tech uh, back support and those sorts of things. because oh, that'd be huge in this field. Yeah, it? absolutely. Um, because it is our proprietary software um, and equipment. So we're, we, uh, we have that support going. Um, we also have uh, the marketing side of it is coming through our Global office. Um, and then it's really just about the new initiatives and things like that that are you know, coming as well. So yeah. really like any brand, um, it's there for the support and the big picture of, of what's going on right, uh, within right. the company. So there's still the vision. Um, they're still providing the best practices from all of the world or whatever their footprint is. And you're doing a lot of the local or regional execution. Correct. Correct. And, and to that point, it is a, it is a global brand. So mm-hmm. we, we, we do have scope uh, across the globe. In that sense, what kind of team do you need to do what you're doing? Well, we have a we have a few different models of service that we provide, and one is very labor intensive, and that is what we call our full service model, where we're going in and we're doing all of those things that I mentioned uh, with the client, with the owners, uh, for them. So we're we're collecting the data from their invoices and their sales, and we're, we're taking the physical inventory. Um, and, and so that is a team of people that are auditors that are out in the field, admin folks and mm-hmm. um, account uh, representatives and ad- managers and things like that. We also have different levels where another level where we have a shared service where we go in and we train the staff how to do the counting, the staff or the location, but then we support them on the admin side and on the back end. And then we have a, a, uh, a self-service model as well where we're training them to do everything from A to Z. So they have our software, they're, they're doing the, the counting, they're doing the analysis and things like that. We still have the, you know, the, the hands-on analytics and, and consultative side as well with that, though. So you're really meeting those customers, the the B two B customers where they are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which model is going to work for you? Yeah, and and especially with, uh, with the current labor environment and everything going on, you know, we can't really pigeonhole what what a client's going to want. We need to be ready for what you know 
it, we can't tell them what they want. They need to let us know and we need to be able to adapt to that. Yeah. So within that, we just recently, um, we have a self-service app also that's come out to where in, in the, in the grand scope of things, you wouldn't need a franchise E at all involved. Um, they can go to the, to the app store, um, download a, an app, have it on their iPhone or Android device, go out there and take their own inventory. Um, and there's, there's definitely a, a smaller component of the analytics that go along with it, but it's, it's really a nice taste of what our product is to where, um, it helps them write an order, helps them monitor some losses and, and inventory in that sense. And then the, fr- the franchisees, the local representatives can then come in alongside of them and start building on that as well. So it's a nice entry, uh, as well with our, with our new app to do yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it's a tech company that has to be, happens to be doing inventory, right? Absolutely. <laughs> So how do you divide up your time in your master franchise role? How is your time divided up? It sounds like you're, you're partitioning it between some training, obviously doing some dashboard oversight of your own franchise location, but also obviously some sales. There's probably not a typical week, especially over the last year and a half for you being in the hospitality field, but in, in a typical quarter, I'll say, yeah. uh, how, do you, how do you typically end up dividing your time as advice to folks who are thinking about becoming master franchises, uh, whatever fire is hottest, you go <laughs> running towards. Um, you know, it it really is about the season that you're in at the moment. If if I have somebody new coming on board, you know, it's all hands deck on that. Whether it's a new employee locally or if it's a new franchisee, so it's really about the balance. And and quite frankly, break like that's what I really like about what I do is there's just there's so much variety in that sense. Managing the time, you know, I do, you know, I do make myself available for the franchisees that are out there and, you know, and also participate in quite a few corporate type of initiatives and different things like that. And then ultimately, um, the core of my business is still my franchise. So at the end of the day, um, just like the folks that come to you that are looking to, you know, have a business and things like that, my business is Sculpture Hospitality in Omaha. And that's that's what pays the bills, so to speak, locally. And we've got full staff and, and those sorts of things going on as well. Based upon your own experience, to your point about, you know, this is, this is still your bread and butter, the, yeah. the local franchise that you own. Um, what is it in, in the model of master franchising? Is it more of a long play that people should be expecting if they're, if they're joining as a master franchise into a franchise system? Should they assume that, hey, there's going to be, there's the potential for a, a much greater payback, but it might take a little longer to invest in that payback? Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good assessment. You know, I, I looked at the, at the areas that I got into, you know, you kind of look at the, the ROI because there's, there's definitely, there's a revenue stream coming in, but then you also have to look about what's, what's down the road, you know, can, is, are there viable uh, territories here that can be sold. Uh, you know, what would it look like if I went in there and operated? How successful could I be? Those mm-hmm. sorts of things. So you definitely look 
in, in that sense of, okay, what do I have now? What am I going to have in the future? Um, and you know, that's, that's definitely part of it is, is casting a vision for the future. The nice thing is, is, is with that model, um, you do have that revenue stream coming in that's beyond your own local market. So in a sense, you kind of hedge your, your investment just a little bit, your investment dollars, because it's not only, you know, Omaha centric necessarily. Yeah. And you're building a little broader residual or annuity if you put the right people in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And those right people are people that own their own businesses. Correct. So you, you referenced something that I wanted to get back to, and that was you do some, you collaborate with the franchisor, and, and I know from prior conversations that you know served on your franchises council, et cetera. From that perspective, kind of working closely with them, what do they see as the benefit of adding in this layer of a, of a master franchisee versus just going directly to more traditional franchising where it's the franchisor and the local franchisee? So I think there's a couple of different things that are going on. One is, you know, in the early days of sculpture, it was a model that was almost needed to a degree to expand and to grow the footprint. The the more boots on the ground in terms of what my level is, and in 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 our world, I'm called a regional director. So, you know, that's kind of where that's at. Um, we're out there you know, selling and developing and doing those sorts of things. There's some consolidation definitely going on to that where it's, it's contracting just a little bit. There's, there's fewer of us in the landscape now, but it's really about that model is designed to be that liaison to the the corporate office. Yeah. Yeah. So you're the local feet on the street to a certain extent, frees them up to focus on the the global footprint, the global landscape, the vision of the, you're the vision on a regional and statewide basis. They're the vision of the world. There you go. <laughs> Hope I'm not putting words in your no, mouth. That'll work. So I know we're, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up on this. Let me ask you one more question, if I could. Advice you would give to somebody who's thinking about stepping into this role of being a master franchisee? Um. The, I think the, it's, it's the same advice that I would give anybody that would step into the role of a franchise, franchisee as well. And, and it comes from, maybe it's from my background being kind of more corporate and being kind of, I, I guess I would say, uh, fed the, the, the knowledge that you should have at the moment. Um, it, it can be a little bit uncomfortable initially when you don't have that safety net of somebody just kind of going, okay, this is what you're learning today, or this is what you're going to go off to a conference and, and focus on this next year and things like that. Whoever it is, whether it be a master or a franchisee starting, starting afresh, um, it comes to a point where you have to find that yourself and, and you have to be able to find where those inspirations are coming. Um, rather it be podcasts, rather it be books, conferences, sales training, you know, those sorts of things. Ultimately you have to become your own teacher and student. And, you know, to me, that was, once I actually realized that that was actually quite liberating. Because then it wasn't something that was in just a specific lane, but it really opened up the world Uh so that I could have all these different perspectives, all these different outlooks, whoever I'm listening to, following, reading, and those sorts of things. And to me, 
that's the exciting thing about where things are at right now is that I can always challenge myself, uh, you know, by pursuing the next author or pursue, you know, listening to the next podcast or being inspired by, you know, a myriad of different things now. Wait, there's other podcasts? I wasn't aware uh, of that. It, well, since when? I don't know. I appreciate your very honest and candid response to that question. I think that was a very real response. That you, It's not what you're always going to read in the books, so thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're coming what to the end. What are you end supposed of- to read in the books? <laughs> I don't know. You just said you're reading all of them. Okay. <laughs> Joe English, is Sculpture Hospitality, how can people get a hold of you? So uh, we are uh, on on the web on sculpturehospitality.com. Okay. Uh, actually, if anybody looks at sculpturehospitality.com, they have uh, the map of where all of our franchisees are. Uh, they have contact to myself, to the global office, and, and any other resources they would need. Fantastic. Thank you, sir, for joining us today. Thank I really you. appreciate your time and appreciate you volunteering all your thoughts and experiences to our listeners. Absolutely. So that is going to be a wrap for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. Another hearty thank you to Joe English. Yep, I got to say the name again. Another thank you to Joe English for sharing with us on what it is to be a master franchisee. Thanks to all of you, and we look forward to seeing you again on an episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. A Huda Media Production.